Hi, I am Frank Merckx, curator of the exhibition 404 Page Not Found in the city of Harelbeke, Belgium. In this extra episode, you can hear artists from the exhibition talking about their own work. The true motivation of artists and scientists are similar. They both start from something that is part of themselves. Through the personal narrative of the unknown unknowns, the fear and pain of each and every individual, we seek a connection in the no-man's land of arts and science. Please enjoy. The computer technology has been moving in a way that nothing else people have ever known. There are known knowns. There are things we know we know. The problem is much like small civilizations or small cities trying to develop separately and not having any way of sharing what they learn with other groups. We also know there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there's some things we do not know. And each of uh, every half second sends us a little message telling us how it feels, and which is capable of manipulating information because uh, the network itself doesn't hold information. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. <laughs> In my view, the communication and the computer people haven't yet really begun uh, a proper dialogue. They're not yet speaking the same language. Hello, my name is Indra Surplita. I am from Lithuania. I am doing fine arts and I am focusing on textile art. I create creatures from my uh, dreams. I make them in specific world. I create also combine illustration with textile. Uh, so I make also carpets and I give them another dimension. My inspiration comes from dreams but also from fear. And one of the biggest fear is death and I really have to deal with it. I think by making art, it makes me calm down and relax. And also it's, it has a meditative part of it. This expo is focusing on, on science together with the art. I make art to deal with my anxieties, with my fears. And I feel it's a bit escaping reality. I would say it's also a bit hiding from, from what's happening in the world, but also transforming what I get from it in my own way. So it really comes with the anxiety about death because it's a big part of life and I'm really scared of death and I think this drives me also to, to deal with it, to accept it and it's also analyzing what is death, what is heaven and hell, what, where we are coming and going from and, and going to. I think it's like one of the most questions for me, like what is afterlife? What what's gonna happen and I can just speculate in my creatures I create new world that maybe it will be what it will be after death. For me this is like one of the most intriguing or triggering question. Like what is gonna be next? I would say that science influences my work subconsciously and I also like absorb a lot of things and sometimes I work I don't know what what work will gonna be, but I think it just comes from from inside. And sometimes one dot on the paper can explode into a huge other dimension. It can become like a new world, and it's like a reflection on on my reality world. Sometimes my my inspiration or my work is not planned. It's also with the feelings that I feel here in in society, how I feel and with my anxieties, with my fears, with, the, with everything, it comes in art.
and it shows the unconscious way how I feel here. You can't touch it, you know, it's like, it's invisible actually. But I made the image and I made the, the object where you can touch also with the textile and you can feel it, you know. So it was, for me, it was interesting to place it in another dimension and also like to show how I see, how I feel. And it has like a really crooked smile and smile at you like very creepy and because it's a bit evil. And so I made an image by myself, how it can look in my head and I showed it. My symbol sometimes comes back. I think it's also because I analyze religion a lot. So it comes with a snake and Adam Eve uh, motives that I created myself, my own creatures. But I think it really influences because I'm really interested to, to know religion and why we have to believe and yeah, again, about death. I think it's just because it comes from the fear of death to, to understand why people also need to believe. So I'm really into that question because I read a lot about it and it comes uh, unconsciously, uh, the symbols and the images. For me, the sun is a symbol of God. It's the most repetitive symbol that I have and it's most of the time is the center of, of my work. For me, the sun is the power, is the hope, is what I believe. And I think it really comes to my work uh, a lot just because of the strong feeling that I have about the sun. I think my belief is linked a bit with the paganism. I'm from Lithuania and we were the last pagans. Yeah, we took Christianity, the last ones. I think it's still, because also I, I lived in a, with a lot of forests and trees and a lot of nature, I think it still has the, this power for me. My grandparents, they grew up in a big nature places and I think it, it really re reflects when I'm in the forest, I feel the energy and I feel that it's something that I want to believe. I want to believe in sun, I want to believe in nature, and I think that's what we did before, uh, like with the paganism. And I think I strongly have a connection, maybe also unconsciously. I'm not superstitious. I don't believe, I don't believe in Murphy law. I don't believe about uh, black cats. I have a game that I don't step on wells but just because it's my, my life game, <laughs> so I, I don't do it and I count how many times I, I stepped on the well, but I don't have uh, the beliefs that black cat will run and I have to turn uh, around. Now I stepped on the well 26 times and I started to count when I was five. It was just a game with my grandma and I still play it and I don't know if the, the count is really real now, but as I remember, it was 26 times. So I think my work was influenced also why I took this media as a handcraft, like doing carpets with hands and making material. It's also because my both of my grandparents, grand, grandmas uh, from both sides, they were tailors and they had this skill already. And as I grew up with seeing this and my mom is also always doing like embroidering and stuff. So. I think it's an unconscious influence that I saw as a child by growing up, how peaceful and how calm it can be just to have something in your hand and work with your hand and connect with your brain. It just really spontaneously goes with the flow.
and with my feelings. And I like to also to finish works at the same day because the energy is all the time changing. And I like that the consistency of the work it stays with the feelings that I had that day. I'm a fast worker and I try to really finish the pieces at, at the same time. My name is Hasib Ahmed. I'm an artist originally from the U.S., a city called Toledo, Ohio, but uh, I currently live and work in Brussels. The piece I'm presenting here in the exhibition is called Wind Avatar. It's part of a series of work that I've made over the last 10 years or so, working with the wind. I'm really interested in the particular narratives and also the particulates that are carried by the wind. And in this particular piece, I was really curious about how can we find a way to relate to kind of natural phenomena that are kind of too slippery to really grasp? How can we find a way to also form a relationship to nature that's something besides a type of domination that we often have had or, or an adoration? And for me, the idea was to kind of anthropomorphize nature. I was working at the Von Karman Institute for Fluid Dynamics uh, in Rose Saint-Genais uh, in Brussels, and I saw in one of the wind tunnel simulations that they were doing that uh, a face, uh, the face of the wind suddenly appeared within the wind tunnel. For me, this was like a really amazing experience because it was a moment of identification and personification. For me, what I've tried to do with this piece is try to evoke that face again, bring it back into the gallery so we can observe it and we can uh, try to form an interaction or a relationship with it. Nature is constantly being shaped by man, but in this case, is it something that we can form another kind of way of relating to? So I've worked, uh, I've made a, a wind tunnel here here that uh, creates a flow visualization. So what you see is actually a turbulence pattern, two different kind of vortices that form the eyes and the mouth. And the wind is something that you normally cannot see uh, and you cannot really touch it, but it's constantly touching us and uh, it constantly has a, a form. We're just not aware of it. And by using smoke and lasers, um, I've tried to give this a form. And I think what's really interesting is that yeah, suddenly this face becomes very present. Um, and when you start to look around in uh, architectural ornament or in geographic formations, you'll start to see it everywhere after you recognize it in the, in the tunnel as well. The wind has become an increasing focus of my work for the last 10 years or so. I've often had an interest in working with technologies and different kind of phenomena. But for me, the, the wind is something that can continually pulls me in because 
it's something that is very hard to grasp. It's very ephemeral. It's constantly changing. And um, this kind of challenge to give it a form uh, is something that constantly uh, intrigues me and, and draws me in. And the more that I kind of look into the wind as a topic, looking both at the uh, cutting edge sciences of aeronautical engineering and also at ancient mythologies related to the wind, I see that it has always had a special connotation of, of creation, of vitality, of origin. Like in Genesis, for example, the first thing that God does to bring uh, the world into existence Existence is that he blows his breath and, and the void starts to move and starts to uh, take on a life. And this is before the light comes in and, and anything else. So, so wind is really a kind of like the primordial animator in a way. Yeah, it's something that is ever present and moves us in, in modern society faster and faster as well. Yeah. When you have those days, Okay, so my name is Amélie Bouvier. I'm a visual artist based in Brussels. I'm French, but I grew up in uh, Portugal and I'm in, in Brussels since eight years now. I work with a gallery in Brussels named Harlan Levy Project. My work is mainly uh, based, uh, so my practice is based with a, a drawing practice. And then it bifurcates to video and installations. My main subject or interest for the last, uh, let's say, three years is, is astronomy. So I, I, I'm inspiring myself from this uh, science. So actually the work I'm, I'm presenting here is not so related with astronomy, it's related with science in the sense that it was inspired by the story of uh, Rosalind Franklin. So she was a biologist that worked mainly in the 40s, 50s, and she's one of the main scientists that discovered, made a very important photography from our uh, blood microscopic world and this uh, photography was the first x-ray photography that uh, then permits to study our DNA or even discover our DNA. So it was a major major discovery and by this only image, this x-ray uh, image photography, the science did a huge step. So it's, it's not about uh, um, astronomy but is is about the micro world that is in us but I kind of consider that the micro world and micro world kind of connect each other so yeah this is the link with with astronomy uh, here so the work is is um, it's a seal screen from this image on canvas on a linen white canvas and once the silk screen was made I draw on top of this silk screen with a black oil ink and uh, I did um, a drawing with with lines and so these lines kind of 
cover the, the image, the seal screen. So you don't see so well what is seal screen and what is drawing. Then this canvas is exposed or is presented in between two glasses, a little bit like when you take a blood uh, test, you have this kind of image, uh, you, you put a drop in between two very small glasses so you can observe the, the, the blood activity in a microscope. So this was the idea. And then I did a wood, uh, wood frame to be able to expose this standing. And the work is meant to be exposed to sunlight. So the drawing with oil ink kind of reacts with the sun, sunlight, so UV, UV natural light. And by exposing it to sunlight, the drawing will disappear little by little, revealing the seal screen. And I had this idea because the work of this woman was not so... I mean, she didn't took much credit for it. Uh, actually, it was the male team of this laboratory that took the most credit for it or for the results of this discovery. And she stayed for a long time a bit in shadow. So it's, it's a way to reflect in, in, in uh, woman condition in science or the history of it. I do believe in science. I also believe in speculation, imagination, uh, fantasy that comes from science, uh, that emerge from science, because I believe that science is, a, is something that is always evolving, so we also need this aspect of it to continue, continue our evolution. And this is what i kind of fascinated about it, and what is interesting in astronomy, for instance, is that it's a science that you cannot or rarely touch. Physically speaking, I mean, sometimes uh, there's elements from space that visit us or we try to visit it. So it's kind of, sometimes we have like this physical connection, but uh, it's mainly observation and uh, yeah, calculation uh, science. And so there's a lot of space for imagination, for romanticism also, and for poetry and for speculation. And I, I like this relation in between science and all this a more romantic or poetic way of seeing things. My name is Velim Hui. I'm a visual artist from the Netherlands for this exhibition, uh, 404 Page Not Found, in uh, Kunstenhuis uh, Harelbeke. 
I show recent work in which I explore the uh, relationship I have with the body. I started making art or I started this uh, project because I got diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis, a neurological disorder. That was a reason for me to start exploring the relationship I have with my body and also be more scientific, but in a very artistic way. So it's about data and the relationship I have with my body and I use scientific aesthetics, but it's not that I create anything scientific. Also to show that some things are too subjective to objectively measure, in which I, uh, yeah, which I find sometimes I find them problematic. For instance, measuring pain is something that's very hard and too subjective to do. So also creating new ways of measuring pain. And I don't think they'll be uh, usable, um, but at least they'll be usable for me. I don't think that everything is scientifically approachable. I fear that because of my illness, my life quality will well, vanish. <laughs> and art was a very good way of confronting certain fears I have about my illness and also uh, confront myself and do more research about myself. I'm not only using photography to measure pain. Um, the pain measurement is kind of in the early stages. So pain is can be constant. It can be very brief. It can be momentarily. But the, the thing with, with pain is that it's too subjective to measure objectively like science does. And that's been problematic for me because I always have the feeling it's it's missing vocabulary, uh, it destroys vocabulary, uh, which means that it's too hard to communicate and it's just hard to measure pain. Photography is something I studied and then later on I started researching my body and doing motion studies and measuring pain. I've used photography for that because unlike film you, you kind of freeze time, but at the same time you don't have to. Like I'm doing a lot of motion studies in which I symbolize the break I feel with my own body, the distance I feel with my own body as in two different entities. My body is something I use, but it's also something that can be in the way if it's not working as I want it to, which MS can do. It kind of can make it hard for me to, to be mobile. So I definitely feel I have an instrumental vision towards the body more or less. When I just had the diagnosis, I was so focused on my body and its functioning that I kind of started like thinking, well, I was so focused that the smallest thing I felt, I, I could focus so deep into it that it kind of like grew and grew. But I think that was more because I was like focused on it so much, but it got bigger. So it kind of feels like in the beginning, I taught things into existence that were not there and I'm sure I'm, I'm entirely sure like people can think pain into existence. The mind is a very strong uh, thing that can do bodily harm almost if you believe certain things, definitely. That were Indris Verplite, Hasib Ahmed, Amelie Bouvier 
and Filim Hui. The Exhibition 404 Page Not Found opens on the 4th of October and runs till November 29th, 2020 at the Marktstraat 100 in Harelbeke, province of West Flanders. Thank you for listening and goodbye. All music, soundscapes and content you hear during the episode are produced by artists represented in the exhibition. This podcast and the Exhibition 404 Page Not Found is made possible by the support of the city of Harelbeke, Harlan Navy Project, Gum Gens Universiteitsmuseum and the community of Flanders. Special thanks to Marianne Doom, Boris Zeebroek and Jasper Paulette.